record. Let's turn to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 27 and verse 1. The book of 1 Samuel, chapter 27 and verse 1. The message is entitled, David at Ziglag. The end of fear. Amen. Let's say Ziglag, Ziglag. Later, you will understand the meaning of Ziglag. But I'm sure us have been to this place called Ziglag. And we will shortly, you will shortly understand what Ziglag means. So 1 Samuel 27 and verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 27 and verse 1 says, And David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines. And Saul shall despair of me to seek me any more in any coast of Israel. So shall I escape out of his hand. So there we have it. Ziglag was a city in the land of the Philistines. In fact, it was a city that the king of the Philistines, whose name was Akshish, gave to David. Why did he give this city to David? Because basically, David was motivated by fear. He was afraid of Saul. Imagine, we are talking about David, the hero, the darling of Israel. The man who refused to be cowed by Goliath, the Philistine giant, when the likes of Saul, Jonathan, Abner, Joab, were cowering before this giant for 40 days and 40 nights, this lad, this young boy came and exercised faith that had never been seen in Israel before. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? David had no fear of the Philistines. He was ready to take on the giant and he's ready to take on all the Philistines if necessary. What happened to this giant of the faith, this champion of Israel? Now he was so afraid of Saul. Saul. He was not afraid of Goliath. Saul was afraid of Goliath. But now David was so afraid of Saul that he decided not to stay in the Holy Land. The land of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is something to marvel at. Let me speak plainly and frankly with all of us. This message today is for those who call themselves Davids of the faith. The heroes of the church. The mighty men and women of the church. You may think something like this will never happen to me. It happened to David. The man who, who was a terror of the Philistines now was so terrified of Saul that he actually came to the land of the Philistines, risking his life and seeking their favor. Do you see what the devil can do to us, brothers and sisters? Never say never. It, it shocks me whenever I read this story. David left his own people. And he made an alliance with the Philistines. And I will be talking a bit soon about what kind of alliance. Did you know that 
he actually convinced the king of the Philistines that he was even attacking Judah, that he was destroying his own people. That is what the devil can do to us if we are not careful. The man of whom God said, I found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Now the same son of Jesse has become the enemy of his own people. He, you see, Ziglak is a place of fear. We think that we can seek refuge in the midst of the enemy. The same David who said, the Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my shepherd. Now he goes to the Philistines and the Philistines become his refuge. The Philistines become his shepherd. God have mercy. This is all in the Bible. If it could happen to David, it can happen to anybody. Fear is our biggest enemy. The, the biggest enemy of faith and salvation is fear. May God deliver us from fear of the enemy. May Jesus deliver us from fear of Satan in Jesus' name. Praise God. But we need to understand that the background or the, the context to David's despair and his despondency was actually the fact that he did not consult God when he fled to the Philistines to seek refuge with Akshish, the Philistine king of Gath. David was a man who always prayed. He always asked God for advice. Like I said, imagine the man who killed Goliath and was a terror to the chief enemies of Israel was now a refugee in their midst. How did this happen? You see, let me first say in defense of David that while David was a giant of the faith, he was also thankfully a human being. Please say with me, I am a human being. Say, thank God. I'm a human being. Amen. Say, I'm a human being. You know, sometimes when I get angry with my children, you know, and then you, you, you want to punish them seriously, and then you stop and you say, mm, he's just 16 years old. He's just 18 years old. What did I do when I was 16? What did I do when I was 18? You know, we quickly forget. Because, you know, when you are 52 and above 50, it's like, Everybody should behave like me. And we forget, no, uh, pray tell, how did you behave when you were 15, 16, 17? Uh, I think we can say like Job, like David to God, remember not the sins of my youth. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank God that we are human beings. God is merciful. Amen. You see, I said, thankfully, David was a human being because like any ordinary believer, he experienced fear. He experienced a crisis of faith. Can we experience fear? Can we experience a crisis of faith? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So what happened though, is, you see, David was a man who, uh, if God... Somebody once said, if God had only 20 gifts to give, he gave 15 to David. So if God gave that many gifts to one man, of course we would expect him to, to be like a superhuman in a sense. But God is showing us even David, who had so many gifts. The sweet psalmist of Israel, the musician who could play and demons would leave. The warrior who was so powerful that the mention of his name sent fear right through the ranks of the enemy. Even Absalom was told, your father is a powerful man of war. We don't fight him lightly. David said that he bent a steel, a bow of steel with his hands. He was no ordinary fighter. So when you look at 
this sheer range and repertoire of talents that David had, it's as if, you know, when you read about his mistakes, you know, the Germans have a, a word, they call it Schadenfreude. That is, Schadenfreude, that is basically, hmm, oh, even David, ah, then there is hope for me. It's like, you know, you have these gossip magazines, you notice they're always gossiping about the royal families and the multimillionaires and the super rich, why? Why don't they gossip about the poor people? Because nobody envies poor people. Nobody is jealous of poor people. But everybody's jealous of the rich and the powerful and the famous. So we're just waiting to find what their weaknesses are. We want to see them slip up and say, oh, wow, the king. What a scandal. So it's the same with David. Some people read David and get shocked. And then we realize, oh, my, if David had such a weakness, there is hope for me. And he repented and God restored him. David may, be, may seem like a superhuman, but ultimately he is as human as, as they come, amen, as we come. So thank God that the word of God, the Bible did not hide the weakness of David. God is basically telling you, what is your excuse? If David did, did these horrible things, but still God restored David. So let's follow with this story now. You see, David was basically like a, a miniature, if you will, uh, story of, the, of humanity, story of human faith, human struggles. He experienced the highs and the lows. You know, he had experienced mighty victories and at the same time, was in the valley of the shadow of death, committed some of the worst crimes against God, sins, and at the same time, the greatest victory for God. But now, we're not talking about Bathsheba, we're not talking about Uriah, we are talking about David making an alliance with the Philistines against his own people. Now, that is shocking. We don't talk often about that. But let's dwell on this for a moment. You see, nothing good comes ultimately out of placing our trust in the hands of the enemies of the Lord. Let's say amen to that. Never think that we can make any compromise or any negotiation or anything with the Philistines. Please don't do this in your Christian life. Don't ever think you can appease the enemy. You cannot appease the enemy. He will always win if you try to compromise. He will always win. There is only one answer to the devil. Get thee behind me, Satan. That's the only answer we have for him. When the devil comes to talk, and he will keep telling you, excuse me, can you just stop for a moment? Can you, you know... Why are you ignoring me? Can, uh, excuse me. Um, just tell him, get thee behind me in Jesus. I have nothing to discuss with you. I don't entertain you. I, I have nothing to do with you. You know, when you see a snake, I always say, you don't ask the snake, where did you come from? You don't try to investigate, where did he come from? The goal is to get rid of the snake, finish. That's how you deal with Satan. You don't go to the land of the Philistines. You don't talk with Akshish. You make no deals with them. The same goes for sin. We don't talk with sin. We don't try to strike a deal. That's the way to deal with sin. That's how Jesus de dealt with sin. But David made this mistake. He was so afraid of Saul that he reasoned. You see, when you are afraid, you make bad judgments. Let us pray that we will only fear Jesus. Amen. Now, we cannot fear Saul. We cannot fear any human being. We will make terrible decisions. The whole problem started with fearing Saul. It's a sin to fear any human being. In Jesus' name. Praise God. What did the Hebrew children say to the king? 
long live O king. And that's the standard greeting for all of these crazy guys in Babylon. They won't live long anyhow, but we, we, we bless you anyhow. But uh, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. Amen. Our God is able to deliver us. But listen, amen. You and all you Babylonians, even if our God will not deliver us, praise God, we will never bow down to you in Jesus' name. This is our answer to King Nebuchadnezzar. This is our answer to the Philistines. This is our answer to Satan and his kingdom. Our God is able to deliver us. But even if not, we know the difference between good and bad. We know what the Bible says. Amen. Mordecai never bowed down to Haman. Hallelujah. Why? Because he knew Haman is from the family of Agag. Agag was from the Amalekites. Are you with me now? And do you understand why Mordecai never bowed down to Haman? He does not want to bow down to Amalek. If he bows down to Haman, nothing good will come out of it. Don't bow down to sin. Don't talk or discuss or compromise with those who are the enemies of the kingdom of God, who only want to destroy Israel. This was what Mordecai learned. He refused to bow down to an Amalekite. Haman was an Amalekite. And you see, Haman was, uh, Mordecai was right. In the end, Haman, when he, because Mordecai did not bow down to him, he wants to kill all the Jews. How about that? Do you see how Satan is, the real nature of Satan? Somebody tells me, but I have a friend. He's a nice friend. Take, bring him to church. Amen. <laughs> Otherwise, he will take you to the pub. He will take you to atheism. Because there is somebody called Satan out there with, with you know, influencing people around us. So, know who we are. Be proud of your heritage in Jesus' name. We don't go to the land of the Philistines. But you see, God in his mercy did not condemn or judge David. Despite David's decision, you know, although David's decision to turn to the Philistines was a reproach on the name of the God of Israel. Imagine people in Israel saying, where is David? Where is David? Oh, David who slew Goliath? He's now with the Philistines. What? Has he, you know, he's, he's, he's become a turncoat. He's a Judas. He's, he's a you know, betrayer. Treason. He should be stoned to death. You see, David went to the land of the Philistines. He even lied to Akshish. He stated that he fought against the cities of Judah and even destroyed them. When Akshis, the Philistine king, heard it, he rejoiced, falsely, wrongly rejoiced, in the knowledge that David would now never be welcomed in Israel after what he did. So you see, the king of the Philistines told all the Philistines, David has killed many people of Judah. Now we know he can never go back to his people. The Philistines were rejoicing and thanking their gods. What a shame. What a shame. You see, it was fear which led to all these lies. And lies are never satisfied. It is best to tell the truth and expel lies in Jesus' name. May lies never have power over the Christian. One lie after the other David had to tell. Once he even pretended to be to have become insane in the land of the Philistines. So many times he had to lie. It must have indeed been very painful for David to tell Akshish that he was prepared to go to battle against his own people, the children of Israel. Can you imagine? Let's read 1 Samuel chapter 28, verses 1 and 2. 1 Samuel 28, verses 1 and 2. 1 Samuel 28. Verses 1 and 2. 
The Bible says it came to pass in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for warfare, to fight with Israel. And Akshish said unto David, Know thou assuredly that thou shalt go out with me to battle thou and thy men. And David said to Akshish, Surely thou shalt know what thy servant can do. And Akshish said to David, Therefore will I make thee keeper of mine head forever. Now imagine what's going on. David is digging deeper and deeper into falsehood, lies, betrayal. The king of the Philistines was prepared to go to battle against Israel. And he told David, you are coming with me. The devil is not satisfied if you go to live in Ziglag. He wants to destroy us. It's the beginning when it, we come to it. By the way, let's read 1 Samuel chapter 27, verses 5 and 6, because we need to understand where this word Ziglag comes from, where uh, this whole problem comes from. And today we will be talking about Ziglag and the meaning of Ziglag in the life of the Christian. Maybe some of you are in Ziglag. And Jesus wants to talk to you in Ziglag because Jesus is still the God of David in Ziglag. Hallelujah. First Samuel 27, 5 and 6 says, And David said unto Akshish, If I have now found grace in thine eyes, let them give me a place in some town in the country that I may dwell there. For why should thy servant dwell in the royal city with thee? In verse 6, the Bible says, Then Akshish gave him Ziglag that day. Wherefore, Ziglag pertained unto the kings of Judah, unto the same. Now, so here we have the background story. Ziglag is a place, it was a city in the land of the Philistines. And David requested of the king of the Philistines to give it to him. This is the first city um, in the land of the Philistines that David never fought against. He never defeated the Philistines to capture the city. It was given to him as a gift by the Philistines. What a shame when the enemy will give us a gift. Whereas God told us, God told Israel to chase out all these tribes and all the Philistines. But what does David do? He actually submits to this king. He becomes his vassal. He uh, is under the authority of this king. What a shame. Has the devil given you a zigzag in your life? Has he given me a zigzag? God have mercy. God doesn't want us to get gifts from the kingdom of Satan. Anything you receive through lies, through compromising the doctrine, through adultery, through fornication, anything you receive through any method or any way that God never ordained, that is zigzag in Jesus' name. Can we rebuke zigzag in Jesus' name? We need to cry. And tell God, please take the Ziglag away from me. I repent for receiving Ziglag from the enemy. Ah, hallelujah. Ah, can we close our eyes for a moment? I'm not just here to preach. I'm here to feel the spirit of the Lord and to be led by the spirit of Jesus. My God, I pray for anybody here today. There may be people, if not present here, in, in, in the Zoom land, there will be people out there perhaps who in years and months and weeks to come would listen to this message. A David who is in the, in the land of the Philistines and has received a zigzag. My God, I pray you speak to them. I pray you empower them, forgive them this and defeat the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. Deliver them from that zigzag in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.
We give you thanks now. We bless you now. Oh God, who has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind in Jesus' name. Praise God. And the church says, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. May God deliver you from zigzag. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. So you see, the Bible records that there was this unholy alliance, which was not from God. But thankfully, can you say with me, thankfully, say hallelujah, say God be praised. There is a God of David. God was watching. God never said anything because David never talked to God. Does that sound familiar? Some of us keep digging ourselves deeper into a rut. And then we wonder, how, why is God not helping me? Because we didn't ask for help. You receive not because we ask not. So we need to understand David was digging himself deep and deep into a hole. But what happened? God began to work in zigzag. Thank God that he never leaves us nor abandons us. David is still the son of Jesse who loves God. Amen. Hallelujah. And God saw his weakness. And God was not about to let this fear destroy the plan of God in Jesus' name. The anointing of Samuel upon this boy was still, hallelujah, fresh in the nostrils of God, so to speak, hallelujah. And now God was going to start working in zigzag. And we say, Jesus, begin working in zigzag. Begin working in zigzag. When I mess up, when I made a deal with the enemy, and the enemy is even about to take me to fight against the church, to fight against my own people. Come to Ziglag, Jesus. And Jesus came to Ziglag. You see, what the first thing that began to happen, just when David began to prepare to go to war against his own people, against Israel. Wow, what a horrible sight. I feel so terrible just even saying this. Imagine the Philistine lords preparing to go to war against Israel. And guess who is among them? David, the son of Jesse. What? He's with the five lords of the Philistines. He's going to fight Israel. God have mercy. This is a catastrophe. You know, the Palestinians speak about a Nakba. The day, the day the state of Israel was created is like a curse for them. For me, this is a Nakba to see David fight Israel. God have mercy. God have mercy. But you see, at that moment, the God of David intervened. You know what he did? He began to cause the other Philistine lords to question the loyalty of David. Ah, hallelujah. You see, Akshish was just one of the five Philistine lords. There were others in Ashkelon and other places. So those other lords said, listen, uh, no, 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 we, we are not happy. Akshish, you may trust David, but we don't. Is this not the same David that they were praising and saying David killed 10,000 and Saul killed 1,000? How do you think we're going to take this guy with us? Oh, hallelujah. Uh, God works in zigzag. Amen. The devil must have been unhappy. He must have tried to tell these other lords, please be quiet. David is with us. But God began to work. Amen in Ziglag. So the Bible rec records that the Philistine chiefs and generals questioned the presence and loyalty of David. And they demanded that he be sent away. Let's read 1 Samuel chapter 29 and verse 6. 1 Samuel chapter 29 and verse 6. 1 Samuel chapter 29 and verse 6 says, and Akshish called David and said unto him, Surely, as the Lord liveth, thou hast been upright, and thy going out and thy coming in with me in the host is good in my sight. For I have not found evil in thee since the day of thy coming unto me unto this day. Nevertheless, the Lord's favor thee not. Ah, good news. The Lord's favor thee not. May God allow 
the lords of the Philistines to not favor us in Jesus' name. <laughs> may, may Satan and his minions never favor us in the name of Jesus. May they never trust us. May they cast us out of their kingdom. So you see, David found himself in a strange position now. Initially, he was afraid of Saul. But now I'm certain that when he heard this discussion, he began to be afraid of the Philistines, he, of the other Philistine lords, because now he sees that on account of him, they have begun to you know, have this discussion and they're all planning, they're arguing about David and what to do with David. David became problem number one in the land of the Philistines. You see, now he has a problem with Saul and he also has a problem with the Philistines. Do you see what becomes, what comes out of being afraid? See what comes of being afraid of fear. In his inaugural address in 1933, the U.S. President Franklin D. Roosevelt said, we have nothing to fear except fear itself. And how apposite or how appropriate this is in this Bible study today. The Bible declares 331 times, fear not. Hallelujah. Why? Because our faith is precious. Amen. The devil was furious at the repertoire of gifts and talents that David possessed. And he was determined to, if he could not eliminate all of them, he wanted to eliminate, eliminate some of them. My brothers and sisters, what this is all about is our faith. The devil is only after one thing. He's not after material things. He's after our faith. Let's read 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7. Let's not forget the same David destroyed Goliath and was a terror to the Philistines because of his faith. His faith. And now David is shaking and trembling. He's a shadow of his old self. And the devil is going after his faith. 1 Peter 1 and 7 says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold. Amen. Praise God. You have something that is more precious than gold. Take care of it. Don't go to Ziglag. Don't make a Faustinian deal with the Philistines. Let's read some more scriptures. You see, uh, before that, let me say, I said that God began to work in Ziglag. Yeah, the first thing God did is he began to now cause division among the Philistines. David became the cause of the divisions. And in the end, even King Akshish could not defend David, though he loved David. He said, look, I trust you. But I can't overrule, you know, four other Philistine lords. You have to go back, David. You have to go back to your people. You have to go back to King Saul, whom you fear. You see, when David first came to the Philistine king, he was given the city of Ziglag, as I said earlier. He and 600 souls settled with them in the city. But like I said earlier, that which we receive from the enemy will never bring peace. It ends in disaster. What happened? Let's read what happened in Ziglag. Let's read 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 and then verse 6. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1 and verse 6. Verse 1 says, And it came to pass 
when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burnt it with fire. Verse 6 says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Wow. Many things happen here. You see, whatever we receive from the enemy will be burnt down. It never ends well. What happened? When David came back to Ziglag with his 600 men, the Amalekites came. I just talked earlier about the Amalekites, didn't I? Mordecai refused to bow to them because he knew what these people wanted to do to his people. What they did to David, what they did to Moses, what they did to Israel. So when David and his men came, what did they find? Lo and behold, Ziglag was burnt down. And not only was that was one disaster, they took all the wives, the children, and went away. When David looked around at his men, they were ready to stone him to death. In fact, they were ready to kill him. David was at his lowest point in life. He hit rock bottom at Ziglag. Ziglag is a place where the Christian hits rock bottom. Maybe you're in Ziglag today. There's nothing left. Your own people are going to stone and kill you. Your own friends want to destroy you because you brought them to Ziglag. I brought them to Ziglag. God have mercy. I think now you're beginning to understand the meaning of Ziglag. Ziglag is when we compromise with the enemy, when we compromise with sin, when we think we will be okay, and we accept something when we should not. We know it's not from God. We know it's false. We know it's not correct. And we still bow down and we say, you know, one little Ziglag is not a problem. But let me, as David lost everything at Ziglag, I'm telling you, brother, sister, don't hang around in Ziglag. You will only leave with ashes. You will lose everything. It's like coming to Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot thought this place is good for business. No, Sodom and Gomorrah is only about one business. That business is called sin. And you leave with nothing. Sin will not make you rich. It will lie to you and say, come here and you'll become rich. But it takes everything away from you. Ziglak seems to promise friendship, safety, refuge. But it gave David ashes. Do you understand why God does not want us to play around with sin? Do you understand why God wants us to live a holy life? Amen. Sin never brings any good thing with it. It's so easy to make a pact with sin. But sin will not let you leave until it takes everything from you. God have mercy on us. We've all been to Ziglag. Some of you may, somebody may be in Ziglag. This message is for you. There is hope in Ziglag. God allowed everything to burn down in Ziglag. May everything burn down in Ziglag. Hallelujah. Because it was only at that point, brothers and sisters, only at that point that David began to pray. And let's read 1 Samuel 27. Uh, uh, let's read, sorry, um, I'm trying to see the scripture, verse chapter 30, verse 7 and 8. First Samuel chapter, uh, first Samuel chapter 30, verse 7 and 8. This is the first time 
that David be began to pray since he came to the land of the Philistines. The Bible says, and David said to Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. For Satan, David inquired, ah, oh, hallelujah. David inquired at the Lord saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he said, he answered him, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Ah, hallelujah. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Brothers and sisters, God did not judge him. When David saw the ashes and everybody's going to kill him, he encouraged himself in the Lord. There comes a time in Ziglag, nobody is encouraging you. Everybody wants to kill you. Are you able to encourage yourself in Jesus? Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name, amen. Everybody wants to destroy me, kill me. I made a mistake. I'm in Ziglag. I've lost everything, ashes. But I will still praise the Lord. Why art thou disquieted within me, O my soul? I will yet praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. This is David who, who said these words. Amen. At one time in the book of Psalms. Hallelujah. Why art thou cast down? Let's read Psalm 42 verse 5. Psalm 42 verse 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? <laughs> Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Oh, praise God. May God give us the spirit of David. Amen. Hallelujah. At, uh, in the land of the Philistines, when there's no one else to encourage you, encourage yourself in the Lord. The Lord will not be angry forever. He will answer from heaven. He knows you are human. I'm human. I'm a man. And God was there. At Ziglag, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. You remember the great warrior in the Bible, Samson? He too had experienced his own Ziglag with the Philistines. His eyes were gouged out. A boy had to guide him. And he was ridiculed cruelly by the Philistines. Ziglag is not the end for the Christian. It is the end of fear. Say, end of fear. Jesus will take our defeat and convert it into a victory. Ah, hallelujah. He may destroy Ziglag, but out of the ashes of Ziglag, he will give us victory. Amen. As long as we call upon the name of Jesus. Let Ziglag be the end of fear. At Ziglag, we stop fearing fear. Because we turn to the God who commanded us not to fear. Praise God. Ziglag is a synonym. It's a watershed moment. It is basically the turning point in the Christian's life. Hallelujah. He called on the name of the Lord in Ziglag from the ashes. Nobody stoned him. He called the priest. He remembered the order of God. Amen. And God responded from heaven. David encouraged himself in the Lord. When your life's work appears to go up in smoke at Ziglag, encourage yourself in the Lord. Become your own preacher. Become your own pastor. Become your own evangelist. Become your own mentor in Jesus' name. Christ is still in you. The hope of glory. Colossians 1.27. You will find he has not abandoned you. Just call on his name and he will banish the fear that brought you to Ziglag in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, after this, David began to do things the right way. He honored God and his order. He waited on the Lord and God directed him. What does Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 say? Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. 
in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Listen to what happened to Ziglag. We just read the scripture not long ago that with time, Ziglag became a city of Judah. Praise God. Which means, brothers and sisters, at some point, David went back to fight the Philistines and he took Ziglag from them. Hallelujah. You see, God turned his defeat into a mighty victory. Praise God. You know, I have seen that God will not allow the Christian to sit and be traumatized by some incident in your past where you made a mistake, some zigzag. God will help you. He will empower you and send you back to zigzag to take zigzag from the enemy the way it was supposed to be, praise God, in the beginning. Hallelujah. Amen. God will not, you remember Jacob? Jacob was always a coward. Jacob's name meant a supplanter, a cheater. But something happened at Peniel. God met him. Why did God meet him? Because God knew saw Esau was coming. And God is tired of seeing his chosen servant always cower and be frightened before the world. He didn't like the character of Jacob. This is now not how you represent God. So that day God wrestled with him. God fought with him. Fought with his weakness. Fought with his character. And before the sun came up, hallelujah, his name was changed. He received a mighty name. Hallelujah. A man who fights, a prince, amen, prevails. Hallelujah. God wants to take us back to the places of our defeat or before we meet the source of all our fears. Esau was a source of fear for 20 years. But God did something about it. Praise God. At Ziglag, David suffered great shame. But you see, God made sure before the end of his life, Ziglag became a city of Judah. David took it from them. Amen. What crisis of faith are we going through? Please don't go to the Philistines. Don't accept a zigzag from them. It will be destroyed. However, if and when you find yourself at zigzag, encourage yourself in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Be a Job at zigzag. Job refused to curse God and die. He refused. You know, God did not ordain David to be an assistant to the Philistines. And God has not filled us with the Holy Ghost to compromise with the world out of fear. Never. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Hallelujah. And he will avenge us of the shame of Ziglag. Say amen, praise God. Say with me, Ziglag, the end of fear. Amen. I will call on the name of Jesus in my Ziglag. If you are in a Ziglag, I want to pray for you. By the way, Ziglag means zigzag. I don't know if that's where the English word comes from. Zigzag. Isn't it interesting? Winding. It's not straight. Praise God. May God take us out of zigzag and ziglag in Jesus' name and take us back to Judah. David has no business in zigzag. Uh, David is to be in Zion, Jerusalem, Bethlehem. That is what we associate David with, not with zigzag. Hallelujah. Sometimes we end up in the wrong city, but we know where we belong, in the new Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Amen. In the heavenly city, where there are thousands and thousands of angels. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's pray. Let's pray for anyone in zigzag today. 
This message came for you to help you to remember even when you reach the lowest point of the lowest, there is hope. Call in the name of the Lord. Things will change. You will pursue the Amalekites. You will destroy them. You will take back that which belongs to you. You will leave Ziglag. You will leave the Philistines. And you will take Ziglag one day in Jesus' name. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this message. I thank you for bringing us together to hear this message today. If there is anyone in Ziglag today, we pray for them. The effectual fervent prayer for righteous man availeth much. And we just have faith today, Jesus, that you have brought this message because it is time to work in Ziglag. It is time to end the fear in Ziglag in Jesus' name. We rebuke the fear that paralyzes your children, that muddles their brain, their mind, their power to make godly decisions and sends them into the embrace of the enemy. Release them in Jesus' name. Let them return to Judah and Israel. Hallelujah. Let them take back what belongs to them, what they lost at the hands of the Amalekites and give them Ziglag back again in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. For the whole land belongs to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. My Lord, I pray that you will help them to encourage themselves in the Lord today. You have not abandoned them in Ziglag, no. Hallelujah. Yes, we made mistakes and we Repent and we ask you, Jesus, draw us up out of this mighty pit in Jesus' name. Set my feet on the rock to stay, hallelujah. Put a song in my heart today, a song of praise, hallelujah, amen, as the song says. Lord, bless this message and let it bring hope and healing to people. We don't just preach messages that you give us. We know the power of messages to, to deliver people out of fear, to comfort those who are mourning in Zion, hallelujah, to give them joy for ashes, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, strengthen your people, deliver them in, uh, in Ziglag in Jesus' name. Let them know that there is nothing to fear except to fear God. There is no need to fear this world. Saul, the Philistines, or whatever names they come in, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, deliver them. We bless you today. We thank you for this message. We thank you for your word. We give you the glory in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we lift up your holy name and the church.